officially in World Cup season, gentlemen. We're back, baby. It feels good to be back in season, doesn't it? Yep. Here with James Palmer, Rich Eames. How's it going, Rich? I'm good. I'm good, sorry. Thanks for joining us. No problem. We are in Bondi Beach right now. Aren't we, Rich? We are in Bondi Beach. We are uh, sat in our Airbnb just uh, enjoying the evening and uh, recording a podcast. It should be good. Thanks, ProGate Europe. Show 42, actually, I should say. World Cup number one, Shepparton wrap-up show. I'm soaked to be in World Cup season. Thanks to ProGate Europe. Winning starts the great gate. Ren Carell. How good was his gate on Sunday? Holy smokes that he popped one off on Sunday. Wow. Dude, he's got a start, doesn't he, Rich? He's, he's a beast. Yeah. I don't think he would have got it if it was on any other gate but the ProGate Europe, though. I'm pretty sure that's the only gate out there. I don't even think there's another gate company out there. I don't think so either. Rich, have you ever heard of one? Uh, well, you know, as long as the gate falls, I don't care what kind it is. Also, you've got to get your shout-outs at com. Uh, if you need your timing systems made easy, your scoring systems made easy, you got to check out motorsheets.com. I know Sarah looked like she was having some good lap times this weekend because she was running lane one all weekend long. We'll get into it, but Saya was pulling. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so like I said, me and Rich are in Bondi Beach. Arrived yesterday, didn't we, Rich? Oh, yes, and we thought we'd dropped into a hellhole. Yeah, the, so <laughs> so we get, to, we get to Bondi Beach or whatever, or we find a Sydney, sorry, we find a Sydney. Yeah. We take an Uber to Bondi Beach, it's probably like 8.30. And so I booked the Airbnb, it looked like the condo apartment we got looks really looked really nice, it was right by the beach, I thought it'd be really sick, and it is, but like yeah. when, when we... It looked way better in pictures. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. Do you know what I mean? It's no, just it's... not as it appeared in the photographs. No, because the, the photos looked like oh, really good. Yeah, like, the photos were really good. The photos looked like modern, really clean and stuff. And like the, I also looked at the reviews and everyone said it's really clean, blah, blah, blah. So the instructions to get the key, whereas like you take, you get to get a, you don't actually meet the person here. You just get out of the lockbox. So we arrived yeah, at, normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We arrived at the, the apartment complex. Went downstairs to the lockbox, and it was like, okay, here's the combination, blah, blah. Then you get the key and the little egg that was in the mailbox. Dude, we get here. The fucking uh, lockbox is open, and the key's gone, and half the egg is in there. Yeah. No way. Dude, yeah, and it's nighttime, and dude, we're both like, holy shit. And the entrance to the apartment block is like down a dark alley, so you can't see anything. Dude, seriously, yeah, and I'm like, holy shit, like... I thought instantly. I thought the last per- people that stayed here must not have locked it properly. Some someone came by and stole it. Yeah, and they just like rolled in or something. Yeah. yeah, and then we come upstairs. Well, I texted the the woman, didn't respond right away. So we we're like, okay, well let's just go upstairs and see if it's open or whatever. We come upstairs and it's it's open. Yeah, it was actually unlocked. No way. And we're like kind of uneasy for sure. <laughs> and then I real yeah. and then the woman replied and she's like, hey Tori, sorry, there's a change of plan. I messaged you on Airbnb. Um, I can't remember what, but basically she came and opened it and opened the apartment for us and left the key on the table for us. <laughs> but dude, it was kind of freaked out a little bit. At oh first. yeah, it was not the best start. Plus it was blowing a gale. It was like really windy and it just seemed really, really eerie. So yeah, it was, like, it, it was what really What the eerie. hell are we walking yeah, into? Yeah, and then, I mean, the apartment, let's be real, it's not that nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's clean, it's tidy. It just, it's like a like a 1950s type building. And I feel, it, it, like that, we're in like old Europe or something. Yeah, it smells yeah. quite musty. But that's normal. Like it's James, it's like, we're basically staying in the Pacific Beach of Australia. Yeah, it makes sense. So like, you know how like by the ocean, everything gets more weathered and a bit musty and it's like a little dirtier? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. Like, like it's, that. it's fine. It's, 
But it's crazy though. I don't get how they make it look so nice in some of the pictures you see on Airbnbs. And then you get there, you think it's like a big, like big flat, nice, like plenty of space. You get there, it's just this tiny, like cramped, maybe two bedroom apartment. Sometimes it's just insane, dude. And like I opened the photos, I was like, is this the is this the same place? <laughs> is, this, is this what I booked? <laughs> Yeah, but to be fair, what's around it is definitely made up for it. Yeah, I mean, we're like five minutes from the beach. We're, yeah. we're like a block away from a bunch of cool restaurants and stuff. So, like, the area is really sick. So, we walked along yeah, the okay. beach today, had acai bowl. Rich's first acai bowl, had a couple flat whites. It was a good day. Yeah, yeah, it was an experience. Cherry, I like it. Yeah, it was a good day. How was that? You know, when you're in a good location like that, it makes up for a place that's not as nice because you, you can go outside, you can just enjoy everything else. No, totally, totally. Um, yes. Rich, how was the how was the weekend in the booth? Well, the weekend in the booth was really, really good. Quite enjoyed myself. It was uh, nice to be back on it. Um, from what we were being told before, and it was going to be like a little bit of a sweat box, but uh, yeah. it actually ended up being quite cool. We had air conditioning in there, which was nice. Oh, yeah, AC, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we just uh, got on and did our thing. It was really enjoyable. It was just... Really nice to be back on the World Cup scene and, uh, you know, just thoroughly looking forward to another, you know, full season of really good racing. Yeah, especially, like, there's no there's no excitement like the first World Cup. Like, I was so excited doing the interviews and stuff. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. You see, this was like, Shepparton was like the A1, wasn't it, of, uh, of World Cup Supercross? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, Without the hype, the money, <laughs> the glamour. <laughs> Um, yeah, the weekend. I like starting off somewhere new like we did here in Australia. Do you know what? That's actually been the best thing about it, James. The fact we've gone somewhere completely and totally new and people don't really know what to expect. You don't know how the event's going to run. Everything's fresh. You know, it, it, it definitely raises people's levels and it, it makes it a little bit more unpredictable, which I think is quite good. Um, also met a bunch of... Uh, so last show, like we said, when people are fans of the show or friends of the show and listen, listeners, we call them chatties. I met a... <laughs> Met a bunch of chatties this weekend. That was really cool, wasn't it? Yeah, low-key got a lot of Australian listeners, which is cool. Yeah, really nice meeting a lot of people that are fans of the show, and thanks for coming up and introducing yourself and chatting. I had a really great time meeting meeting a bunch of people. That's awesome, eh? Yeah, it was really cool. So I, I honestly had such a fun weekend. Interviews went well. Felt like I did. Re- I felt like I did a good job. Felt much more comfortable, too. I didn't use my notepad anymore, which is cool. Like I just let it flow, so I think it was better. And... Um, Dude, the only damper on the weekend was me blowing my back out Sunday morning. <laughs> you gotta tell people that. Dude, so straight up, fucking blew my back out. So, <laughs> so I went to the gym. I went to the gym, hotel gym each morning because I was up before five, and I wanted to get a workout in before uh, before being at the track all day. So I went worked out whatever. It was my third day in a row. Sunday morning. I do my workout. Then I want to end with just some light split squats. Just easy light split squats. I'm I'm gonna use a plate. I go to re-rack it after the first set, and I miss the right side, and basically compress it on my right side of my back. And I could hardly fucking walk that day at the track. <laughs> I was in so much pain. You showed up in the morning just in agony, just Dude, like holding I, your back and like... Oh, legitimately, so I was hurting back. Yeah, he was rolling around like an old man. I saw him walking up the stairs to his hotel room, and he just looked like he was 70 years Dude, old. Dude, I could hardly walk. I, I could legitimately hardly walk. I saw a picture of you, uh, Rich, and Jason all together, and you just tell Tori was just like bent over, holding his back a little bit, just not in a, not a comfortable position. I was trying to find any position that might be comfortable. <laughs> and dude, I was walking, like, I'd be sitting, and then I'd get up, and I'd do, like, the old man, like, grimace, whimper, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you just you just go to stand up, you're just like, oh, oh, shit. 
there's nothing like that backpack. It just feels like it just takes your breath away and you can't move. Oh, it's horrible. And like it's it's better now, whatever. Misha helped me out a bit and treated me a little after racing Sunday and um, did some stretching and whatnot. So it feels a little bit better, but it still hurts. It takes like a bit for the swelling to go down, I think. Yeah. Yeah. How, did, uh, how was it organizing the interviews? I remember you had some troubles in the past trying to get people at the right times, right? Yeah, like I wouldn't say troubles before, but it can be a bit of a challenge just because you just want to add to the show and like you want to make sure you're not getting a rider to come right before or after a lap. So I was make I made sure that I was mindful that if it was before a guy's a guy's lap or a woman's lap, I wouldn't get them. Um, so I'd only ask them if I knew they had time before or after a lap, for instance. And uh, you have to make sure like the slots, like you, if it's right after the men's 16th, you got to make sure you grab a guy in like one of the first couple rounds so he has time to cool down and stuff. So. It's a bit of a juggling match because you got to make sure that you talk to them before, but then also grab someone who has some time. Um, yeah. And then the later rounds are a bit harder because no one has time to do it. So you got to get a rider that's out. And it's sometimes hard to ask a rider that's out because, <laughs> like, you want to talk to them about it, but they might not be in the mood, you know? But generally. Yeah, they probably just pissed off in the day or something. Yeah, generally everyone's cool about it. And yeah, they were, all the riders were great, as always. Yeah, quite enjoyed the Trey White one. That was good. Mm hmm. Really yeah, Trey nice was really good. Trey. Yeah, um, dude, how can it? How could anyone not like Mariana? No clue. She dude, is one hell of a like a star of our sport. I don't remember. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard someone say I don't like Mariana. <laughs> that okay? No, honestly, like, what's not to like? She's one of the nicest, yeah. most down to earth, successful people I've ever met. It's pretty insane the way she handles herself with like the amount of stardom that she does actually have, like in Colombia. That. A lot of us don't see it. It's wild, yeah. So, it's really good for her. Every race, so like every single race, there's Colombian people that show up. So, for instance, because she's so well-known, like at the race in Rock Hill, there's random Colombian people in South Carolina that just know she's there, so they'll just come see her at the track. Or here, like in Shepparton, there was a bunch of, there was some Colombians here, so they just came and saw her at the track. That's when you know you're a celebrity. Yeah, that is you're the power of celebrity. You literally, that's when you know you're a celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she, it's pretty unique. She's the only one in BMX like that. Yeah, she really is, isn't she? Yeah. Like, she's the only one that's like well known outside of just like the sports athletes. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was our weekend. How about you, James? Anything uh, noteworthy happen or uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything? Uh, how was your weekend? You know, anything happen or pretty standard? You know, my, my weekend was pretty good actually to start off with. It was pretty fun being somewhere new, getting to ride a different track and all yeah. that. And I'll be honest, I was actually. I was a fan of the track we raced on. Like in Shepparton, the track, like, the second turn was pretty tiny. Turns were a little bit flat, but overall, I thought it was a really good racetrack and, like, a really good drag strip of a first straight. It looked like it, honestly. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought that worked pretty well. And it was different. Like, the, the hill wasn't the standard supercross with the normal bottom. So it took a minute to get adjusted to that because we were all kind of pedaling through the transition there. But once you kind of got that down pat, it was just kind of something different to deal with. And then you had a really good first straight just to open up, basically. Um... Like, the first jump wasn't too small, you still had to get over it, and then you just open up because the second one was really tiny. Yeah. Um, but then you also had to be, like, really technical on the uh, the second straight because, man, the jumps were tiny. So if anybody obviously watched the day one, my first, or my eighth final there, came out in third, was actually just cruising down the straight, overshot one, and landed so much into the lip of the third one that basically just seat bounced the lip, this huge one-footer. And uh, got super gnar. Let me just say that. Yeah, it was wild. I, I got to thankfully save that one. <laughs> I, I got to say, you came out of that one pretty much best case scenario. I don't really understand how I basically landed on my front end, seat bounce, one footer, then got the foot back on in the air, landed, and then 
Max Cans, he was running around me. He was past me. Landed, crashed in front of me because obviously because I messed him up. And then then I crashed after. It was yeah. insane. Was that the one where Max drove himself into the face of the last jump on that straight? Yeah, that was. Oh, that was that was harsh. That was. How we walked away from that, I've got no idea. Yeah, that, that dude is so tough. It's insane. He's a, yeah, he, that, he's a rig. Yeah, I, I think he. I think I saw him slide out in practice on Sunday morning. Maybe I don't know. And like, I was like, yeah, he takes a beating, but he's like, he's a rig. He gets back up and he he, he does his work. No, he's a horse. Yeah. So yeah, that was a little wild ride in that one, and then. Uh, Day two was going pretty good, I think. Uh, had some good starts again. Um, had a good lap. The first lap behind Silver, we were just having some fun out there. Got a good lap time in. And then, uh, yeah, obviously got into a bad situation on my eighth final again. Having to try to go for a move in the last turn. And ran right into Eddie and put him off. And we'll obviously get into that. Because everybody clearly wants to talk about that right now. And there it is. <laughs> and there it is, people. Now you all, you know, this is what you've come to hear. We know you didn't care about anything else. You know, everyone's just listening to the beginning part. Like, just fucking get to it already. Just let me skip through here. We just want to hear what went down. Okay? All, right, all right, so let's let's hear from it from your perspective. We're, we're, so, by the way, people, we're gonna call up Eddie in a few minutes. We're gonna chat about it, but let's hear let's hear your perspective. Uh, that's, okay, so I'll basically just start from the beginning. Like, I actually in the eighth final, I didn't really get out of the gate that well, which was a little frustrating because uh, I was feeling really good all week. Like all weekend, you're going fast. And, yeah, you're going fast. Yeah, yeah. And I had one of those races where I was in the gate and Kai was next to me, Sakakibara. And it was one of those ones, he seemed like he was super hyped up. And I had a feeling he was going to tap the gate or something. And he ended up doing that. And because I kind of got locked elbows with Carlos, who's on my right, I never got, I couldn't get in front of Sakai really. So I ended up getting shuffled to the back into the first turn, which was rattling. And tried to make some, like, get some speed going down the second straight. Really didn't make any ground up. And then came out of the second turn and just, like, I think I was in, I must have been in sixth at that time. And basically just started pinning it out of the turn and coming down the straightaway. I felt like I was catching Josh McLean, who was in front of me. And then he started kind of going to the right of the straightaway. And so I kind of darted left like halfway through. And I saw Eddie start to, I don't know if what happened to Eddie, if he got balled up at all. But he started to push Josh to the right. And so halfway down the straightaway, I was like, this is my move. Like I, I got an open door or a window here that I can like basically jump at, go to the inside and maybe get both of them. So I drove it into the turn low, and as soon as I like, got into the turn, like after the last roller, Eddie was just carving the turn hard left. Like I even watched the video back, and I think he even took a pedal after the last roller and just basically took the left turn signal and carved the turn. And as soon as he started doing that, I wasn't in the turn enough to actually like get my elbow in front of him or anything. And I basically just wasn't comfortable with turning anymore because I felt like I was going to slide out and then just ran right into the guy. <laughs> literally just, like, just tuned him. Like, smoked him. We both ate shit. So, obviously, obviously so, your plan was going in wasn't to clean him out. No, of course not. Like, everybody knows me. Like, I, I'm, I'm one to try to make moves when I can. And I, like, I'm a racer who, if I see a door open, I'm going to take the opportunity to try to go for it. I hate leaving stuff on the table. So, when he started pushing Josh wide, I, I thought that was, like, my open door was there and I was going to take it. So I, I drove it in there hard and trying to make like, trying to get in front of him obviously and just timing was bad. I like messed up or misjudged the timing completely because once I got into the turn, my door closed on me so fast that like I I had no option. I basically just ran right into him. What, what was your last thought before it happened? Basically, I was like, "Well, fuck, here we go." I was like, <laughs> I was about to hit him, and if anybody knows, like when you make those moves, like some, I think somebody told me like, "Oh, damn, you didn't hit your brakes or anything." I was like, "No." Like once I was in the turn, I was committed to trying to make the move. I was all in. Like, I'm yeah. not going to 
like I saw Vinny the other day, he probably think he put a foot down. Like I wasn't gonna put a foot down and try to do anything like that. I was trying to make a move and make a make a pass for the uh, the qualifying spot. So I just drove it in, saw him coming. I was like, oh, here we go. And then yeah, bumped in. We both ate shit. I mean, when you're at that point, it's too, you can't pull your brakes last minute. I mean, it's like it happens so fast. Yeah. Yeah, basically that's how it felt. Like it was, it was one door when I was coming down the straightaway where I felt like I was like, I got this. The door's open, and then as soon as I start getting into the turn and turning, and he's carving left on me, I was like, boom, door's done. We're, we're hitting. Yeah, and let, let's be so, real, it was a, uh, it was a pretty dirty move. Let's <laughs> be real, like it would have been a cool move if I stuck it, but the way it turned out, obviously, it wasn't a classy move at all, and I knew that. But yeah, like, it wasn't like I was acting like it was like clean or anything. It's like I made the mistake, misjudged it. And then obviously Eddie's not a bigger guy either, so the the bump I gave him it just obviously made us explode, right? So that just made it look even worse. Yeah. And obviously you're not a dirty rider. No, no, I don't try to be. No. What, what did you What did you think when you were announcing, Rich? It, obviously, you know, it, it, the incident has gone on in the turn. It probably looked worse than it was. I was thinking of nicknaming you James Strong Arm Palmer for the rest of the season, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, as, as long as you both walked away in one piece, which I'm pretty sure you did, um, I'm sure you could probably kiss and make up over a so then, nice cup of coffee. What happened? What happened after the fact when you guys got up? Well, I got my first of all. I asked on the corner, like, let me tell you, I like where's the soundbite of Robert saying he split his butt cheeks open? Yeah, you slammed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I let it right on my tailbone. So I was in pain a little bit. So I like I just rode across the finish line like. Basically, just went to the fence because, like my, like my, basically my ass was hurting so much. And then Eddie eventually came across the line, and of course he came across and was like heated, like he was upset, obviously as anybody would when they got yeah. taken out. I mean, any of us would be. Uh... Yeah, exactly. But then he just came up to me and like was just like, as he was riding by, I was just like asking, like in a obviously angry tone, was like, "Was that you?" It was like, and just saying like that was a stupid move and blah blah blah, and then. Because he started getting upset at me, I was in pain. I wasn't in the mood to like deal with any shit. So then, as soon as he started like heating me up, I, he he basically just fired me up, and I just started getting mad at him, bro. Like basically getting mad at me. Yeah, yeah. So at the time, I was just like, I was just pissed off. Of course, I just messed up my own race, and let alone like obviously I took on him too. So we just started getting fired up at each other, and basically just started yelling back and forth. Good stuff. Uh, it was it was pretty exciting. But then, I was, I, I was so, so much pain and so upset, I just wasn't in the mood to like take anything. At the end of the day, I understand why he was upset and why he would be pissed off. Yeah, too. for sure, so, yeah. But I mean, yeah. like, in the heat of the moment when that stuff happens, like, everyone's emotional, tempers are flying, like, that's going to happen. Like, I was telling you before, like, before we started recording, when I used to play hockey, dude, some of the stuff we used to say to each other on the other, like, to the other team was gnarly. Yeah, I can, oh, hockey, like, I can imagine. Yeah. We, we don't really do that in BMX, so I think when it happens, it's a big deal, but it happens in every sport all the time. And like, like, ours is the one sport we're never face-to-face with our competitors, right? No. We, always, we meet on the track, and we don't see them at all. Basketball, but, hockey, you're, you're face-to-face with everybody all the time. Everyone talks shit all the time, and like I think our sport, like it never happens when it does. It's a huge deal, but clearly, like when it's like you're... When you guys, in the heat of the moment, like, not even just YouTube, but in general, when it's, like, you guys are yelling at each other or swearing or whatever, like, a lot of it's just a rational emotion. Oh, totally, yeah. Like, it doesn't mean, you, doesn't mean you mean what you say or anything like that. No, a lot of the time it doesn't. But what's funny is, like, so what nobody knows is after the fact, after I calmed down, we went to the pits. I think the quarters went. I think it was after the quarters. I went up to Eddie. Like, I, I went and found him, and I basically just apologized to him for the move and just for everything, because... 
like we always trying to say before, like I'm not a dirty rider. No, I, I tried to make a move and I, I messed it up. So yeah, of course. I want to I apologize to him and whatnot. And so I thought we were all square, but uh, I mean, I'm sure he's still gonna be upset. But I made sure I did gave an apology at least because I mean, if someone did that to me, that's the least I would want them to do to me. So. No, what else can you ask for though? <laughs> like if someone that happens, yeah. like what else can you ask for? They apologize. Yeah, I mean, that that's what you do. Mm-hmm. If there was a recorded case of a Canadian not being nice and apologise, I think Canada might explode anyway. <laughs> That's kind of what we do. Yeah, you guys, you, Canadians are nice people. I mean, that kind of stuff, racing incidents like that happen all the time. Look at motocross. It happens every weekend. Oh, my God. Tell me. I've had a few people say that the reference to Ferrandis's move. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I didn't – I never – like, I've had I've – had, well, I should. I guess I should say, did you? Obviously, you got some DMs about it too. Yeah, I mean, I had a few people like basically just. I didn't have many, but probably more comments. And Coffee Chatter had all the comments about like the, the little hate messages or whatever. And it's like it's ridiculous. No, it's it is ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like people. It's so easy to judge from the outside. A lot of people like if they're supporting Eddie, I understand. But if people like if you're just coming on to like talk shit or bring down a professional athlete because you don't like what they did like i don't say this often about people but seriously like fuck you like you just come Honestly. on like you did how pathetic are you that you just have to hide behind your account and talk shit about an athlete or something an athlete does everybody makes mistakes or does stuff out of character i can only imagine the amount of stuff that fran has got for his moves like, like well he got death threats apparently small scale and, and i felt like i felt the people coming towards me like giving me like hate and whatnot, so I can only imagine someone like him, like on a bigger scale, it'd be insane. Yeah, I mean, it's the sign that you've officially made it when you start getting hate from social media people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the that's the problem with social media nowadays, though. Like everybody feels like they're entitled to say something, and it's like, just leave it between the guys. Come on. I know. I've had to deal with this kind of stuff a few different times in my career. Like when I first, I remember like a, I remember a bunch of actually like since this came about i was thinking if i ever did it and it happened to me a bunch of times like at the olympics when i passed after when i passed liam and graf first round in the first corner rio and they crashed i got some i got some nasty dms about that too and then i remember like when i first turned elite too one of my first races i was 18 we were racing guthrie and i was in the second to safiso in a lap and um i carved around him in the second turn and we bumped and he crashed and he blew his knee I felt so bad. Like, it wasn't dirty. It was probably a little bit over-aggressive for first round. Um, But he blew his knee, and I felt so bad. And, like, I remember I went up at the airport. I saw him, and he was on crutches, and I apologized. Like, I felt terrible. And he was was actually really cool about it Um, because Sofiso is a classy guy. Um, Yeah, big time. But, of course, like, someone like that who was a star in the sport, and I was a first-year elite, like, that's literally the last thing I ever wanted to have happen. Um, Right, yeah. But then I remember, like the next week or something an article about it came out a press release that was released everywhere and literally it was all about this and my name was fucking bolded in the article <laughs> no way. literally my only thing bolded in the article was me but basically how i took him out and it was like a month Unreal. it was a month before the the world cup in south africa and i remember my mom was telling me like there's a good chance you're gonna go there and get booed and don't take it personally because it's just the people supporting their star so i was like mentally, yeah, yeah. mentally prepared for to get booed there <laughs> just going in okay here it comes let's hear it yeah even though like I wasn't, wouldn't be, have been deserving but I mean I didn't end up getting booed because people have a short memory yeah when it comes to that stuff when it comes to racing yeah you're right they do yeah yeah I mean so. 
look at every athlete has to deal with that. It's it's unfortunate, but I think with social media nowadays too, like obviously we start social media starting to come into that time, but nowadays it's like everybody knows about it, like what goes on. So then everybody, like I already said, like everybody has like their thing to say. So it just becomes so much more like public, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, until until we get to the point where we're like that Chris Muller video where he takes that guy out four times in one race and then they end up fighting at the finish line. When we get to that point, then we know we've got a problem. But until then, I think we I think we should be pretty cool. If you haven't seen that video, look it up on YouTube. It's a it's a pretty damn good one. Yeah, I mean, I see that. I remember also in Phoenix, like I was first year leading in Phoenix too. Like in the semi, I don't even remember it, but I think me and Josh Myers bumped and he went down. And then in the main that day too, I went to last turn hot and ended up putting Willers over the corner. And I, I'd, it wasn't like a dirty move, but it was over, it was aggressive for sure. And I, I didn't go down, but um, finished the race or whatever. And I remember after that, Josh was really pissed. Um, I think he tweeted something. I remember Betcher posted something on Twitter too and tweeted about it. And like, <laughs> I was first year elite, so it's kind of intimidating, but... Yeah, no doubt. I, I kind of, I kind of like it. Didn't really bother me that much, just because I was kind of just like, "Fuck it, I deserve to be here," and I didn't really do yeah. anything wrong. But like, people can be kind of mean online, um, you know. Can. And especially a lot, like, a lot of times, the people who are doing it don't say anything in person to you, but they'll say it online. Yeah, and that's then, the thing. It's like they'll talk online, and they don't know the whole story online. Yeah, like, I guarantee you, half the people online that were talking shit or whatever don't know that even I went out to Eddie after and apologize and whatever. Yeah, and, and I'm, it's like, exactly. all I see is the move and the, that's probably the first time. Yeah, exactly. And like, in that situation too, like I talked to Willers the next day and he wasn't even upset. Really? <laughs> no, like we kind of just laughed about it and then after the race too, ESPN posted an article and said how I was a kind of a dirty rider taking people out. <laughs> oh my God. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, this shit goes on everywhere. You look back at our sports though, it's like, we have less of those moves nowadays. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying like I'm not saying my moves because my move is definitely like a, a miss missed move, let's say. But like, you don't see as many people getting blasted like the ABA staff either. Like, it, it seemed to be with the turns. I guess the way they were before. Maybe it was because of the dirt turns that way more people. I feel like got blasted back then and were going sense over the turns and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, at the very least, James, it gave us something to talk about. Hmm. At the end of the day, you know, Coffee Trader's got something to dig into. Um, we got a reason to get Eddie on the show now. Um, basically, I just get to sit back. Let's basically just get roasted here from him, and uh, we'll see how she goes. <laughs> All right, let's let, let's give Eddie a call. All right, we got Eddie Clerte. Eddie. Hello? Eddie, what's up? Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm all good, man. Where are you? What's up, Eddie? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you pretty good. Are you in Bathurst? Can you hear me good or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you are you in Bathurst? Yeah, we just drove yesterday. How how was how long was the drive? It was like uh, eight, seven, seven and a half hours. We stopped a couple of times, so. And just. We were not in a rush. Middle of nowhere, huh? Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. It feels like if you if you uh, if your car gets uh, gets a problem, it will take hours to get out of the situation. Who'd you uh, who'd you drive with, Thomas? Yeah, we were with Thomas, Domi, and uh, and Daichi. How do you how do you like training with Thomas? Uh, training with Thomas is uh, really special. Uh, I really like his approach to training. 
uh, and also he's um, he's helping me with uh, the mental part, I guess, as he's always with me and uh, yeah, just giving it everything himself for for me and uh, it's pretty good. Thomas seems like like I think he's probably really strong mentally. I like how his demeanor, like his personality, is really calm and um, I think he'd be a really good coach. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, the little thing we say to each other before every max on the, the gym or before every race is uh, just stay calm. You know, it's all about being strong and calm. So if you want it too much, I guess it doesn't lead you anywhere. So. What, what do you think he's helped you with the most? Um, I think uh, what, he helped me like the most. The most part was like getting really serious with training, I guess, because... yeah. Just like following a plan and uh, just just stick to it, you know, and do everything. And obviously the results just showed showed up straight away. Like after the first uh, three weeks uh, training with him, I did my first semifinal in Argentina. So I, I like my best result before was like one eight final, and I trained with him for three weeks, and I I, I got into the semi. So I guess it was. Uh, I mean, I'm riding, but. Uh, Having him on my team is uh, is really special, and we we have a good connection as just as social as well. Yeah, man, you've been you've been going really fast, like especially the last couple of years, you've you've improved a lot. And it's I was talking to Rich and uh, on the weekend, it's crazy. Like you and Pollard aren't on the national team, and like any other national team, you'd be on for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's special, you know. I mean. Uh, a lot of people are talking about it, but I guess uh, you really have to deserve your spot. You know, like it's a stacked country, and uh, and I, I like to be in it. You know, it, it makes the level higher for everyone. I guess I just didn't deserve to to get uh, to get in there yet because I'm I'm in France. You know, and it's not obviously if we think the easiest way, and like we think if I would if I would be in another country, I would probably be in, in the national team, but how it is and i guess i still have to work and uh and yeah just uh, just wait uh, just wait a, a little you know i think it's crazy that france could send two teams to tokyo and they'd both be competitive like going for a final or podium 100 percent yeah i was just sure. going to say it's testament to the strength and depth of the french scene yeah the national team is so strong you have so many fast guys that aren't even on the team yet but I think if you keep riding like you are, you will be. Um, this weekend, how'd you feel and how things go? So this weekend was like the opening race. So uh, first race of the year is it's not always easy for everyone, especially for for me. The past years, like I've been uh, starting my season pretty pretty bad, I guess. Like last year in Manchester, I was like uh, eighty something in the in the ranking after the first round. Oh wow! So. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a, it was a good race for me as I put myself in the top sixteen on the f- first round, and that was uh, that was pretty good for me because it's always hard to you know first race of the year you, you get back it's like playing the cards again you know and uh, everyone is different everyone has worked uh, good I guess and uh, it's just yeah it's pretty pretty hard sometimes to just uh, to to be confident on the first race as you don't know. Like, it's like everyone's starting again. So, but yeah, it was pretty, pretty good for sure. All right. Um, so, how was your Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> my Sunday, man. Uh, so, for, for the story, like, my, my, my goal for this year, I'll say it's 
openly is to qualify for the Worlds. I like thing it. That I, the thing that I never did before. So um, oh, first of all, before you get into like, how do you how do you yeah. qualify for the Worlds? Top sixteen. I was gonna say it. Like, okay, top sorry. Top sixteen in the world ranking. Uh, after I think Manchester because the World Championship are pretty early this year. Uh, so yeah, being being top sixteen is uh, is my main my main thing, you know. And obviously, trying to get the best results and feel as much comfortable as I can on the bike. Um, I always thought more about my long term goals than you know, like the races are that are happening right now because I know physically I can gain a lot more than what I am what, where I am right now. So um, so yeah, but um, yeah, basically my Sunday went. Uh, went not like I planned it, you know, like my, my goal was to, to be again in the top 16 and just, uh, just be consistent, you know, as like, it's hard for everyone as well to be consistent on both days, I guess, you know, like, for sure, especially if, especially if you do good on the first day, it's, it's hard to put your head again into it, but, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, I was, I was feeling, I was feeling awesome, you know, uh, I was actually feeling better on the Sundays, uh, my gates were more consistent and just, yeah, it was it was just better, and uh, obviously <laughs> I think everyone knows what happened because everyone talked about it, everyone saw it, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it just happened, you know. From from your perspective, what you what happened? For, I, I mean, from my perspective, I was just turning in the left <laughs> corner, and I I didn't I didn't saw anyone. I just felt like it was like a, a bull stopping my my back wheel you know it was like a big animal stopping my back wheel <laughs> Jim is definitely an animal like, <laughs> yeah it was it was really really uh, weird it, it was a weird feeling i never crashed that way like just being surprised only my back wheel uh, like got got uh, got took and it was uh, yeah it w- we were going fast as well so it was uh, yeah, it was pretty uh, solid crash. Luckily, I I hit the corner on the highest part with my uh, ass, which saved me a little bit, and I finished on the protection on top of the corners. So, but this could have been really bad. And the, um, actually, yeah, the, the the French team guy, uh, the French team camera guy, sent me uh, sent me the video uh, of it, like where we can see better. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just uh, it was really dangerous. Actually, it was it was uh, um, obviously I don't think I think you've seen me like going on the outside trying to like kind of block McLean because I felt McLean coming on my right. So I was like I kept the speed and I was going a bit on the outside to turn really like to turn good and keep my line. And uh, and he saw he saw something open, but uh, I pedaled I pedaled after the the on the end of the third street, and I turned straight after. So it was uh, yeah. I don't know. I would like to see. I would like to hear what what was the perfect perspective of James, obviously, because uh, yeah, his story is probably different. Obviously, there yeah. was uh, there was some some words at the end of the finish line where. Where there it was really special, uh, as like I've never really had a huge um, how how can I say that? I've never been like any aggressive with anyone in my words. I've never on my bike as well, you know. I've I've never really been just yeah just simple, just tried to be humble and you know. So yeah, I would like to hear James. 
what's what's your perspective on this one? <laughs> well, you, you, to be honest, you said it right there, and I, I kind of explained it to you when I was, uh, when I found you after the the races there, and I was talking to you then, and just what you said there. To be honest, when you were kind of pushing out wide, trying to hold Josh off, I was coming down the straightaway, and uh, I said earlier in the podcast actually as well. So when I came out of the second turn, I was. I felt like I was gaining on Josh a little bit, so I kind of darted to kind of the middle left of the straightaway. That's what it felt like. And then as we got towards the end, I could see you kind of pushing him out wide like you were just saying. And then to me, that looked like a door opened on the inside. So my obviously, my race instinct was, okay, there's the door open. I'm going to try to make that move. So I was just instantly driving to that inside line when you started going wide. And then like you said, I, I had a feeling that you might have and I didn't actually know for sure that you took the pedal after because I whatever it was when I got into the turn I mean I just misjudged it and I got as soon as I went in and I thought that door was open I got into the turn and you were just making a hard left and my door was closing way faster than yeah I we, we can see that's we can see said, really that's good. when I went right into you yeah in the video on, on the video of the that I received today from like where we can see a bit better it seems like you were turning and in the middle of your turn, you just you just gave up on your turn, and that's where that's where you hit my back wheel. Like because if you would have kept turning, you would have yeah. probably like hit me a little bit and crush maybe yourself. But it was yeah, like that was it, it felt like you really gave up on your corner, and, it, and and that's why it was so like when I felt my back wheel uh, just just blowing up, you know, it was really uh, yeah. James, can I ask a question? If yes, if, yeah, if that turn had been steeper, do you think you'd have made that pass? Do you think you'd have actually got round? You know, I think there would have been more of a shot. Like, the door wouldn't have closed like it did. And I kind of explained earlier that, like, when I got on the turn and I saw that the door was closing, I, I didn't feel comfortable to try to turn any more in those turns. They were they were flat and a little bit slippery. And I felt like yeah, I was on that's my what, that's And why, then as soon that's, as that yeah. happened, that's when, Eddie, you probably felt like I probably went straight in the video. Yeah, but that's why I thought like first of all, you were you were like really far. Like if you see if you play pose like before the corner, you're really far. Those corners were like super slippery and uh, and uh, yeah, like I called it a suicidal move because because it was for me it was like everyone said it and even like I think uh, Jason and uh, and uh, the English BMX commentator uh, said it as well. That it was it was never gonna happen and uh, and yeah, so that's so that's the thing like the, the move itself and the crash and going out in one eight is not the big deal you know, I think I think everyone gets new chance every like every weekend we get new opportunities and I think uh, I think that's not what like that's not what what was the big problem for me, and uh, it was just like um, I didn't know it was you at first so my coach went at the finish line and. Uh, and uh, I asked him like who it was, and he told me it was you, and that's why like I came to you, and I said like, was that you? And you said yes, and I said that was stupid, and you said don't be a sore loser, and that's where, that's where I was like, oh shit, like, I don't know yeah. if it was you. You have to I... maybe you have to explain that just because it was, for me like for me that has never been aggressive or saying shit to anyone. Like I just got, I just, I just got bombed in a corner, and yeah. uh, and you know, like just hearing those words were like, I'm not gonna fight you as well because that's not my type, but uh, but you know, like some people would have just go straight into your head probably after after that, you know. No, I mean, was, to be honest, yeah. uh, I think I think your time was a lot. Like 
those are words I did say. And I told you after when I apologized that that was kind of heat of the moment. You fired me up, and then we were just kind of going at it. Um, but I didn't say that until a little later, just because I felt like we were just we were just bickering on for a little while, and that just came to to me after we were bickering for a little bit longer. It wasn't something I said right off the bat. I know that. Um, but yeah, like I told you before, like it was just kind of heat of the moment. We were just going at it. Felt like we were bickering for a while, and that's probably when I said that, and that came out, and that's just how I felt at the time. And, one of those things, like, when you're in the moment, I was pretty frustrated myself, and then obviously in pain's rocks, I just ass-bombed the turn, and then we were just getting into what seemed to be a little bit of an argument, obviously, an understandable one, because, I mean, we just I just blasted you. <laughs> uh, like, that's just that's what happened, yeah. Um, I just don't, I don't remember actually saying that right at the beginning, and, um, yeah, I think we were but just... But that's, that's all I remembered, because those words were, like, just just were, were super aggressive and I, I don't remember like insulting you uh, or like I don't remember saying anything that, that would be too much that would make you mad at that moment you know like I just remember like just being a, a, a dude that just got a, that just, just got bombed and I just said like I just said like yeah I was stupid you know like I just said it was stupid and then it, it went a yeah. bit spicy I guess but yeah, what I didn't, what I didn't really like, and that's why you could see my 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 post. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, I can I remind still on that post, even if you apologize to me after after like an hour after, because I felt that the words you had at the finish line were more more honest than what I heard on on the on the hill. You know, basically like you're, I don't know. I felt that just. Yeah, people coming at you and telling you that you did something wrong was the alarm to tell you like maybe I should go apologize and and maybe like you know I did something wrong and it felt like you needed people around to to like kind of to kind of show you that you did something wrong you know and I mean everyone do do mistakes you were all human and like but I just felt it like I just didn't didn't really like that whole day but. Yeah, that's. I, I find that a little surprising, just because. Uh, I mean, I when I came up to you after the fact, uh, I gave myself some time to calm down because the words we were saying to each other at the finish line, we uh, as we both said to each other when I was apologizing, were that they were in the heat of the moment. Uh, we were both. I was. We were firing each other up, obviously upset, um, in a little bit of pain as well. So I took some time to calm down and come find you after the fact, and I don't, I don't think the words of the finish line really, really mean much. I mean. If you look at sports in general, if you're getting mad at each other, you just say shit. It's not till after the fact where you have time to settle down, time to breathe, time to realize just what happened. That's when I. That's when you realize, okay. And for myself, I realized. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My, my, my move wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. I made a mistake. I just misjudged the uh, the past, and I wanted to come apologize to you, and I did. Yeah, 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 and uh, and that was that was good, obviously. But I just wish when I when I told you that was stupid, I would just wish instead of firing up because that's the first thing I said to you. I said like that that was stupid. That was ex- my exact words. And instead of firing up, I would have liked like if you would just just apologize, you know, and just say yeah, I did something wrong. I think Eddie. But I guess I, I agree. we're not from the same generation as well, so it's kind of like I can feel that you know. Like you, you're older. You've been here for a longer time, and maybe like I'm not really anyone to you. So I don't know. Maybe you just you just felt comfortable telling me like, or just firing up pretty easily because I don't know. Maybe you felt comfortable doing it, or I don't know. 
Eddie, Eddie, I think also like, like for instance, I used to play hockey, and people talk shit all the time in hockey, and it's often not rational. And so I, I agree, the move was was dirty for sure. But I think obviously you didn't like those words, the finish line. But sometimes like in the heat of the moment, you don't even remember what you say or shit just like shit just gets said and it's not anything you mean and then after the fact you think god i was being an asshole i gotta go apologize yeah yeah for sure i mean i i would uh i don't think i've like ever experienced that before you know i've never been in any like any of those uh how do you call that people like getting uh firing up on, on instagram or in comments or posting stuff you know like uh, I don't think I've ever been in one of those drama stuff inside BMX, you know. Yeah, and it's it's so, hard. Uh, it's hard for sure. But a lot. Of, I think I understand why you didn't like that for sure. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Um, no, but some people say Thomas, my coach, was at the finish line as well, and he, he told me like, you know, if <laughs> he told me that that basically, if it was him at my age, it would have been a different story. You know. You know what I mean. Just because... What, like, do, you, what do you mean? In, in what way? In the way where, like, you know, I guess in the 90s, the races could uh, could finish uh, with the fight sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, under, I understand why you're... How, I understand. Yeah, that's how it was at the, back then. And, uh, yeah. I understand why you're upset, for sure. But I think you're taking what James said really personally, and I understand. I'd be upset, probably. But I think what James is saying is, like, it was an, kind of an irrational thing to say. It, it, and looking back after after the fact, after he calmed down, he didn't actually mean it. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I respect that he that he, uh, he he like he said that he did a mistake, and he said that he basically agreed on like that he did something wrong, and that's uh, that's pretty good. I just I'm I'm that type of person where I'm uh, I'm uh, really nice. I'm I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm not gonna say shit to you. But if if there is like something that's unfair there like it feels like there I said I would take it seriously but yeah you know just because everything has to be for me I like when things are right you know no I, I, I hear what you're saying for sure but yeah um anything else anyone no I mean not really I mean <laughs> Yeah, like, I think I think we were both adults here. I mean, like, we had an incident. I think we, one, we talked it out at the time, um, after after the fact, and we're able to hear each other's stories now, and whether we are happy with it or not, I mean, it's just one of those things we move on from now, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and as well for you, I guess it's, uh, it's an important year, so uh, I can understand that you're fighting for every spot and every point uh, on on all those races. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I think it is for everyone, too. Like, you know, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Obviously, see a lot of people going, doing whatever they can, obviously, to, to try to get any spot they can. Yeah, and it was actually interesting to, to race last weekend. We can, we can feel that everyone is, uh, is, uh, is trying really hard, you know, and it's... Uh, obviously, some people would say, like, uh, it has to be the same as all the other years, but I think... The Olympics is in the head of is in the head of everyone, obviously, and uh, yeah, for sure. Like for 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 example, for me, like it's it's almost impossible. Let's be honest, but I'll still take the best out of it and just like take all the experience I can from 
from all those races because we have a bunch of opportunities every year and and yeah it's cool eddie how old are you i'm 21 oh you got a long career ahead of you yeah (laughs) i just wish you would have raced a bit like a bit more with us because i didn't get to race you like at all actually i raced you in colombia 2017 i raced you in manchester uh world cup my first world cup but uh yeah I never really got to race, like, you know, I think I'm getting closer from where you were, and uh, and uh, and I, w- I wish I would have got some good fights with you. Oh, Eddie, you're, <laughs> you're making me tear up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would have loved, I would have loved to race you too. Like, yeah, you're kind of. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, when I when I when I saw like uh, when I saw that it was James like doing that move, I was like. I thought about you, and I was like, Tori would have never done this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because, that's funny, because yeah. he totally would. <laughs> uh, thanks, Eddie. Yeah, man, I would have loved to race you, too. Yeah, you're, uh, you've, It's been impressive how you've... I mean, obviously, we first hung out in Columbia a few years ago, but um, yeah, yeah, man, you've, you've improved a lot since then. It's, it's been really cool to track your process, your progress. Yeah, do you want to tell everyone my... Uh... The surname you gave me back then? The nickname? Yeah, yeah. The I, nickname. I got it from Vincent. It's Zero Responsibility Eddie. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've had a couple of years since then to uh, kind of, uh, yeah, change uh, my way of living and philosophy, I guess. So it's uh, it's all good now. Nah, you're drunk. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny thinking about it, you know, because it was true. <laughs> nah, but it was just true. You were young, even like a few years ago. You were a young kid then. You were only eighteen, probably, or something. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just turned eighteen. Yeah. Well, Eddie, we really appreciate you coming on, bro. And uh, you've been going really fast. I think. Have you made a World Cup main yet? Yeah, I made the Rocky last oh, year. Oh right, uh, yeah, it was yeah. My first, it was my first main. Right, I, I got remember. Two semis now. Yeah, right? yeah, I remember. Um, well, bro, yeah. I think uh, I think more mains are coming your way. I'm excited to watch your progress this year. Yeah, man, I've been, we've been working hard with Thomas, so, uh, and, yeah, I guess I'm not focusing on the results at any time, I'm just trying to, to give my best every, every weekend, you know. For sure, bro. Well, uh, good luck in, uh, in Bathurst this weekend, and, uh, we'll see you this weekend, bro. Yeah, thank you, see you around. See you, bye. Later. Eddie Clarte, everyone. Well, I'm sure that brought some entertainment to everybody. Well, that was... Me and Rich were just sitting here listening. That was intense. <laughs> That's pretty much what I thought I was doing. That was intense, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rich, comment, comments? Or? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, you've got two different opinions. You've got riders who've been involved in an incident in, you know, as James said, in the heat of the moment. Things get said. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you're both professionals. You're both professional athletes. And I think you've both got the ability... Uh, to you know, put it behind you and, and get on with the job at hand and uh, and become you know the athletes that you're destined to be. So, so yeah, it, it, like I say, it's not like 1986. It's not like you know uh, Greg Hill fighting with whoever or you know Neil Wood and Greg Romero going at it in the mid 90s. You're not chucking bikes at one another. It's it's a it's a racing incident. It's it's a few words get said, you know, and this time in you know two weeks, two months, two years, whatever whatever it is, no one will care. So you'll just look you'll look back on it and laugh at some point. So Yeah. I think, so yeah, just take it for what it is and ignore the keyboard warriors and uh just let it all settle down and everything will be cool at Bathurst. Hopefully.
Yeah, pretty much. And instead of fighting nowadays, it's 2020. We have podcasts that we come on and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talk about it like country club gentlemen. <laughs> but no, Eddie, Eddie's a good kid. He's a, he's a fast guy. Um, yeah. I mean, he's got some speed and he's got some skill. That's for sure. For Even sure. He does. Videos they post online. For sure. He does. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah absolutely. Um, and that's cool. He came on. Mm-hmm. Um, now everybody knows a real story. They can stop talking online. Tired of it. <laughs> yeah. That was, a, yeah, that was the full story. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I totally understand from his perspective, he gets cleaned out and then words the finish line. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's straight up. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand. Like, if that was me, I get cleaned out and then the guy who cleaned me out gets pissed. I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> but then I told him that exact thing. I was like, man, like, I'd be pissed too. And I'm just like, at the time, when I told him this was afterwards, I was like, at the time, man, I just didn't really feel like taking any of the shit that I was getting, and that's when I went off, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I totally understand where Eddie's coming from, totally, but then I also understand from your perspective that you might have said something you didn't really mean and apologize, and no, I, I get it. Yeah, I think he's no matter how thin you slice it, there's always going to be two sides. For so. sure, yeah. Always, Dude, always. So, yeah. These, yeah. these racing incidents happen. I think the important thing is just to, you know, move on. Yeah, especially now we got another weekend coming out soon here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, how was the track? We didn't really recap the race yet, but uh, how was the the track, dude? It was so hot there. For people who didn't know, it was forty five degrees Celsius. That was insane. Hey, holy I, smokes! I was melting and I wasn't even racing. Yeah. <laughs> but the track, uh, I thought obviously I didn't ride, but um, when I first got to the track, I, I liked the look of it right away. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think I've said a few times, I really liked the way that some of the jumps were built. Uh, second straight too. Nice lips, pretty steep backsides too, which made it technically really had to be aggressive on those things to to make the straight flow. Yeah, um, I think it was a yeah a good first straight, and also a good second straight that's tech, and you got to be precise, and also some passing opportunities. So all in all, I, I liked it from a from like a fan spectator point of view. Yeah, I think you could tell that the Aussies and the, the few of the locals are there definitely had the track dialed. Like a few of the guys that had been there early, because you look at riders like Dino out there, Isaac, uh, Connor. They were on it. Like, all three of those guys were killer fast. Yeah, they were. I mean, huge surprise. I mean, really not, yeah. <laughs> but first of all, is Graf ever going to win one of these things, Rich? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's going to get one before the before the end of his career. He's been so close so many times. and It, it must be massively frustrating for David as well because he's definitely got the speed and the skill. So, you know, it's just a case of... All the jigsaw puzzle pieces fitting together in the right order at the right time, and you know, ultimately, you know, big portions of that jigsaw puzzle are out of your control, aren't they? So you can only do what you can do and go from there. But yeah, yeah I think everybody would love to see David Graff win a World Cup. You know, it's funny if you look at top ten all-time like podiums and mains. The only three guys I think that are on there are like that haven't won one are me, Graff, and Dean. So one of the th- one out of the three is retired. There's two left. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised to be to be honest. I'm surprised Dean didn't win one of the days. Oh, I, I had Anthony down for a win at least once. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. obviously you, you're at your home World Cup. It gives you an extra level of motivation. It, you know, it's probably worth an extra couple of uh, pedals. So you know, I honestly thought he was going to win one. But like you say, BMX is just such an unpredictable sport that um, it, it it might just be that uh, you know. It, Things happen, and you might have to wait a little bit longer. But I'm sure, I'm sure Anthony's going to get one at some point, and you know, I wouldn't be very surprised at all if David got one because you know he's he's put the work in for so long. It's 
It's got to come together at some point for him. Anthony on Saturday, like, Anthony did everything he possibly could. Yeah. He had lane one, had a good first straight, and Neek just beat him. Like, w- what's he supposed to do? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. what are you, what are you going to do when a guy's that fast from the, from the outside? You, like, yeah, and there's days where some guys are just just have that little bit extra on you. It's like, it looked like he did nothing wrong. It looked like he had a really clean gate first straight. I mean, he was, he was hauling. Neek just had that, he just had that extra gear again after the first jump. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, some days you're just gonna get pulled. Like, mm. yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm sure he, he was probably pretty bummed because I, I didn't see his gate on Sunday. But I guess he hit the gate in the main, which is too bad, obviously for him. Yeah, that was definitely too bad because it looked like he had, was in a good spot. I mean, he had obviously Ren Carell on the one side, who popping off, but I think Torres was on the other side. And I mean, at the end of the day, Torres is more known for a track speed guy, right? So I'm sure he thought he would be able to. Anthony would think he would be able to get out and get going down that first straight. So that was too bad. Arguably, though, I think besides Neek, I think Romain, Romain, Mayu, I think is probably the second fastest guy in the world just on pure speed. Yeah, if you guys, if you let that kid eat on the outside, even on the inside when he's in lane one, when he gets out and he gets over that first jump, he just, he once again shifts to another gear and just takes off. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, he even whole shot at Neek some rounds. So for me, I think if you look at pure speed, Neek and Romain are the two fastest guys. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It just remains missing that last little piece of the puzzle uh, for him to close it out and win one of these things because he has all the tools. He just hasn't quite found out how to do it. But I feel like if he does once, it might snowball for him. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised too. I mean, we saw him got the win in Tokyo at the test event there. And one of those one of those tracks as well where he was just able to shift gears after that first jump and just take off and... I mean, you, you let that guy get a wide-open first straight like a Papandal or like a like a Paris, and when he gets out, he gets going, and it, it's hard to keep up. I love watching him race. He is so, like, he's got an unbelievable mix of power and smoothness and finesse. Like, he's, he's, he's a pleasure to watch around the track, and he's so powerful. He makes it look so easy. Yeah, he does. I agree. Like, yeah. he just, he, he'll just accelerate past people in the first straight and just, like, he's not even trying. One of the laps, yeah. he whole-shotted by, like, two bikes and didn't even pedal after the second jump. <laughs> like, if you think how fast his top speed is at that point in time. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. And he, he, like you said, he just makes it look effortless, too. Like, a lot of the French guys do. It just, he's just cruising out there that's what it looks like and then he's hitting fast lap times all day long god i really want to see him win one of these <laughs> yeah honestly yeah i hope he wins one in paris even if i'm there and i'm in the main you know i'll take a second with that time okay i want to see him win one of those ones he's got to win one in paris yeah there's no he's one been so fast there in the past i know he hasn't won one and you can't say he's the fastest there but he's the fastest guy there yeah yeah i would think so yeah yeah um his buddy jeremy though how about that, Rich? Yeah, Jeremy's a horse. Heartbreaking. Yes. He's, he's just, like I was saying, the, the, the French are so strong as a nation in BMX. It's, it's just a case of who is actually going to step up and, and win one and just in what order they're going to do it because they've all they've all got it there and they've all got the, like you said, the, the, the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle in place. It's just putting them all together at the right time. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So you'd have to think, James, too, like... Joris and Sylvan likely are the top two guys leading to the Olympics. So then the third spot's going to be between Romain and Ren Carell, who are both... I mean, Ren Carell was winning the World Cup, yeah. and, Romain's, yeah. and Romain's fast enough to win a World Cup. And yeah. one of them's not... one of, Like, realistically, one of them might not go. Yeah. It's insane to think about, hey? It's like, insane. Like, any other national team, they'd be their superstar guy going for the gold medal. Straight up. That's so gnarly. 
Yeah, like we just we always talk about it. Just it's crazy the depth they have, the French guys. And I mean, like you talk about the guys that aren't on the team. Eddie, you got uh, Pills, Simba. By Pills, I mean Arthur Pillard. It's like there's so many of these guys that have some incredible speed that if they had two teams, they would be competitive still. It's insane. Oh, I know. Like it's going to be heartbreaking for if one of those guys doesn't get to go because like they could win a World Cup any time. Yeah. I think I think they both probably will at some point in time. Jeremy and Romain both. I would, I would think so as well. They yeah. both have the speed too. Who do you think will win one first? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, you went there. That's the hardest question. Um, shit. <laughs> I honestly couldn't answer that. That's a wow. That, that, that is. We have to answer. So okay, we, we have to answer. We right, have, okay. we have to answer. Hang on. Have you got a coin? I'll just flip it. <laughs> because that's the thing that's the only way I could separate them by flipping a coin okay I'll go I think Jeremy's gonna win one first because I feel like I think Romain has slightly more speed but I think Jeremy's already Jeremy's already put a, a gate and a first trade together in a main that's good enough to win he just got passed whereas I feel like Romain hasn't quite put that last piece together like I think Jeremy put everything together he just didn't win but I so I think he can use that to win, and I think it might take Romain a little bit to figure it out before he does. Okay. Oh my God, I'm wise. No, I'm so I, I, smart. The thing is, it, it could be a different scenario on a different track, and, and you know, Romain could uh, like pull away. I mean, he, if he gets a whole shot at Manchester, and it's more difficult for yeah. people to get around him for whatever reason, then he, he that could happen, and he could end up winning in, in that fashion. I think it's just a case of you know the right track, the right day. Just things coming together and it happening almost organically, but off the back of obviously all the hard work that that you guys are doing out there on the track. So, but it'll be a pleasure to see either of them win because you know they're both talented guys. They both deserve to win one, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. I think the action, whichever main event it'll be, it'll be um, absolutely superb. Yeah, what do you think, James? Um, if I gotta pick one for that question, I think I might go with Romain because I think I like people that are able to do it from the outside. So someone like Neek or him who are able to stay away from the traffic and the mayhem that's going on between ones between lanes one and four, let's say. Um, in our day and age, like when you have some incredible speed like they do, and you can you can do it from out wide and stay out of the traffic, I think you got a shot. To, uh, to just pop one off. So I'm going to go with Ramp Pin. They're a bit different too. Like I think Romain likes to stay clear a bit more of that and pick outside, whereas Ring Carell doesn't mind getting a bit greasy and getting in there, you know? Yeah, he knows he's got a one, two, three that he can just uncork, so he's okay with it. Yeah. Um, speaking yeah. of that, get Jeremy getting past, Connor's win was really impressive. And it's weird because I feel like he wasn't a favorite, even though he's he's Connor. But, man, mm. he, he like quietly took care of business. Yeah, no, straight up. He quietly was had some killer first straights that, I mean, was just on another level. And then coming into that, that second turn there in the main on day two, uh, that move was really strong because I thought Jeremy was closing the door well. And Connor found that, that, that line. He found that inch on the inside that he was able to grab a hold of and just take it away from Jeremy. It was, yeah, it was, really it was definitely the smallest of gaps. I even wrote that in the press release after mm. the race that, you know, the... The gap was almost, you know, not there, and he still managed to find a way through. But that is, you know, that's how you become an Olympic champion by spotting those gaps and for sure. being able to get your way through them. So yeah, you raced really well. You raced really well. 
Um, also wanted to give a shout out to uh, Jeremy Smith, Jay Smooth. Dude, Jay Smooth was pulling. He really was, hey. Dude, yeah, he was going really fast. It, it's like we've talked about him before. He doesn't get much attention. He's very he's quiet guy, but uh, man, he's improved a lot and he was legitimate fast dude this weekend. Like he's always fast, but this weekend he was pulling like really consistently. Good starts. He was up front a lot. He he raced really well. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard from you, and I got to see a few of his rounds that looked really good. Even uh, I was in him with a round and. I was on the inside. I had a great gait, and man, he he horsed me down the hill, right to the bottom there, and it was impressive. Like he he was pulling. He's been like low key, like you said, quietly just getting a little bit faster. I feel like kind of every little bit of the year, and it really came together. I think I think he rode really well this weekend. Yeah, he can. He's able to hole shot from anywhere, like any gate. I mean, like he got around my A from the outside once, and yeah, man, he he could be a dark horse. Like you could see him in a main soon. I, I wouldn't be surprised for sure. Yeah. Uh, Rich, you have on your Tahiko's crash, and I'm oh. assuming Nakai's backflip. I didn't yeah. see either of those. Oh well, Brandon Tahiko's crash. You, you know, and you sat there watching it, and on the monitor, and it was it just kind of went, whoa. How we walked away from it, I've got absolutely no idea because I've just shown you the photograph on on Instagram, and he's literally like upside down and still attached to the bike, and the bike's on its way somewhere. And then assuming Nakai had that crash later on, it just looked to me. That he'd he'd done some sort of like backflip double tailwhip. I just saw the bike spinning and visually they looked you know quite bad crashes. But uh, I believe Brandon's done some damage to his his ankle. Mm. Um, it's pretty swollen. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to see both those guys walked away in in one piece more or less. And uh, yeah, just um, speedy recovery to them both, and hopefully we'll see them both at Bathurst. Also, special shout out to Yoshi making the main. Yoshi hasn't made a World Cup main in a while. It's been a little bit, hasn't it? I don't think he's. I don't think he's only made a couple in his life. Do you? Do you know Rich? Uh, I can't two, remember off two, the top of my two, head. Two, three, maybe something like that. Yeah, so that's yeah. A good. Good result for him. Yeah. The, the, the shout out I want to give for Yoshi as well is he's he's already put his video out from the from the Shepparton World Cup on his YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed to YN underscore Lens YN underscore L E N S, I would suggest that you go and subscribe to Yoshi's channel because his videos are brilliant. They're really, really, really well put together. They're well filled. They're well edited. And I actually really enjoy watching them. So, uh, yeah, just go and check out Yoshi's uh, YouTube channel. And uh, he deserves way more subscribers than he's actually got. So, um, just so you know, we don't do free ads on here. So are you going to pay us or is Yoshi going to pay us for that ad? You <laughs> <laughs> hey, credit where credit's due. You know, it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, Yoshi, that's cool. I haven't watched his vlog, but um, a lot of guys are doing that now. Like, Quillen's got some going on, too, yeah. and uh, Jay Shipper is obviously Neek's really good on YouTube. But yeah, a lot of guys, I think it's really cool that they're uh, kind of um, extending their brand onto YouTube and stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, I think it's an actually a better way to build your profile and your personal... Kids love YouTube. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've got an eight-year-old, and, and, and his favorite riders are basically the riders that he sees on YouTube. So he mm-hmm. thinks like Nick and Justin are the best things since sliced bread. He's a big fan of Resendez. You know, he, he, he likes to, all the people he sees on YouTube, he doesn't care about Instagram. So if you really, really want to get kind of, uh, not well known, but if you want to sort of build your brand, your personal brand as a rider, I, agree. I think you need to be on YouTube more than anything else. I agree. I agree. I've been thinking since the world of doing a, a vlog behind the scenes of what I do at the races, I just haven't yet. Yeah, I brought my camera for exactly the same reason, but... It's just like the, the amount of content that you've got to film over the course yeah. of the day to put 
something together between five and ten minutes long is insane, and then you've got to sit there and edit it all. It's it's it's, it's a huge job. Yeah, it is. So, um, you got to be committed. It's crazy. You do, yeah. Um, anything else on elite men before I move to elite women, gentlemen? Not like I can think Any of. Any other standout rides you saw that you wanted to give a shout out to? You know what, James? I'm gonna give you a shout out. You rode really well. Like you were pulling down the ramp. We talked about you a bit before, but you were pulling. I think it's the it's the best and fastest I've seen you go in a while. So I was, I was pumped for you, and I think this weekend's gonna be even better. Well, thanks, Paul. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, I think. Like I said, I felt quite good. Yeah, I think you rode really well. You got a bit unlucky the first day, getting a bit making a bit of a mistake on the second straight or whatever. But yeah, I think uh, good things are coming for you. Oh, well, thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, elite women, Elise was uh, was savage. Holy smokes, was she dominant in those finals? Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, she was on another level. Yeah, her first straight was phenomenal. Yeah, like savage for. She's got one of the most savage first straights in BMX. And it's just impressive she's able to pull it out of those times like she does in the mains because, I mean, I understand that she she does it all day too, but she's one of those top-level riders that when it comes down to it, she puts her best foot forward right in those finals. Yeah, yeah, she's, uh, yeah. Yeah, the two standouts were Elise and Sayer in terms yeah. of the first straights and stuff like that. When you've got I think so. an eight-bike-length lead by the second turn, you're clearly doing something right. Sayer's first straights were really fast too. Yeah. Yeah, she was. That semifinal on the first day, man, she killed that one. Yeah, like, a win's coming for her quick. I wouldn't be surprised if she won in this coming weekend in Bathurst. Like, she's she's going really good. Really good. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I, go ahead. I felt like you could tell that she was uh, she's really comfortable on the track because it seemed like she was just taking her boxes. It was just like clockwork out there for her. She's the next superstar in women's BMX, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, Laura didn't have her uh, as good of a weekend uh, she usually does. Um, she had a bit of a tough one. She what she get Saturday? No, she she was actually almost in the she's gonna podium on Saturday, but ended up fourth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Sunday, she thinks she messed up her gate in like the quarter or something. Semi. Semi. Yeah. Yeah. Semi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but what people don't don't realize is like I was talking to her after two. So she, I think she posted about it as well. So she kind of was just explaining how like her goals aren't obviously to be peaking for these races. And yeah. They're obviously to peak in the summer. And she, I think she said she was like she was finding that tough, obviously. I mean, a lot of these girls are peaking for these races for the, the start of the season, right? And she's still kind of in a building phase. And when you got girls that are riding like at the top of their game right now, it's it's hard to compete when you're not there or yours. For sure, yeah. I think she told me the same after. Like, she's still training. I mean, in her situation, though, like, like she's going to go to the Olympics, so what's the point of peaking now kind of thing? And that's, like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I did before, too, in, like, 2016 is obviously we trained to go fast at the beginning of the year, but everything was geared towards the Olympics. So it's a, like I was talking to Thomas too, the same thing with Alfredo. Like Alfredo's still training right now. He's not completely peaked or anything for these. So the guys that really need to go fast right now are going fast, but some guys or, or women might um, be gearing training towards more of the spring, summer kind of thing rather than right now. Yeah. Rather than cutting. I think, I think it's smart personally, right? Yeah, rather than cutting their off season short to go fast right now, they're sacrificing a bit of gas right now, which, you know, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Like for Laura's instance, what does she need to do? Like, why does she need to, let's say, win these World Cups when, if her goal is to win an Olympic gold medal? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Marianne is back. And she looked good, eh? And, dude, she's so close to being, like, fully, fully back. Like, she was really mm-hmm. fast, and she was, um, you could tell she's physically everything better from last year and injury wise and stuff, but she, I think she's still missing a little bit of gas after the first jump that she usually has. Yeah, I think I think it's coming though, hey. It oh, it's, like coming. it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Yeah. Like, by, I'm excited because I think by the world she's going to be really fast. 
Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised too. It, it seems like she's been on like a very smooth and steady build even since like last year. And, you know, now that it's starting to get closer to her, her top, you can just see her just getting right up there. And as you saw, getting on the podium on the Saturday. Oh, so stoked to see her on the podium. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fact that she's really racy and I think uh, battling with like Elise and uh, top women to the first jump and the second jump and a couple of times she... Um, like Elise, I think beat her to the turn from the outside a little bit. Um, but I think the fact that she's there and she's probably not fully, fully like she's probably still training too, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. I think it, like she watch out for Mariana at the World's in Olympics because she's going to be there. Yeah, yeah, I don't doubt. I think she will. What do you think, Rich? Yeah, if you're going to peak for races, you might as well peak for them too. Oh, imagine if she goes three for three. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, my god! Insane. Oh my god! I wouldn't like just let's all just bow down. Seriously, go. Yeah, I mean, I just call her the Queen Bee of BMX anyway. Yeah, which is what she is. But uh, yeah, that would just you know put her into legend status. Three Olympic golds in a row. That would oh. be phenomenal. I mean, that doesn't happen in in pretty much any other sport. There's not many other sports where three golds have been won on the bounce. No, because other sports, a lot of time too, you get. Uh more chances at it too like BMX you get one shot going yeah. three for three yeah that won't ever happen again yeah no I she mean, she does that and just retires just calls her quits right there uh, yeah hangs the gold medal around the net right peace out boys see you later <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> seriously why not yeah like honestly yeah it could happen no who knows I mean she'll be she's 29 this year um I don't know yeah she who knows like she might just I mean she obviously loves racing BMX she might want to just keep going yeah um, shout out to our friend and answer BMX teammate Lauren. Lauren was going really good this weekend. Hashtag answer S squared BMX. Yeah, on her answer S squared, she was pulling like legitimately. I think it's one of the fastest I've ever seen her go, or some of the fastest I've ever seen her go, like on the first straight, especially. Yeah, I would define her weekend as she looked really racy to me. Very she quick and aggressive. Frisky. And, yeah, she looked very frisky. She looked frisky. She looked really frisky. frisky out there. Like yeah. I saw her one lap. She cut. She was in like lane two and cut off Caroline in one. It was pretty sick, actually. Yeah. It was wow. pretty cool. Like yeah, like she was going good on the first straight. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool to see because I think for me, Lauren's known as someone with great track speed. So to see her get her start styled in like that too is it's awesome. Um, what do you think of Caroline? Yeah. Well, go ahead, go ahead, James. Uh, they have quite the battle. Yeah, so getting into Caroline. Yeah. They have quite the battle for that Australian team right now with. I mean, Saya going fast, Lauren's looking great, and now Caroline's trying to climb her way back up onto uh, onto the top as well. Yeah, what do you think, Rich? Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to have that level of competition for you know the girls in you know you've got three fast ladies in one country, and they're they're obviously going to push each other on, and you know Caroline's come back after you know two years out with all the things that she's gone through, and by her own admission, she's battling mid pack. She's having a you know, having to kind of battle with things that she never really battled with before. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to make for an interesting storyline, I think, as we get closer to the Worlds and the Olympics. And, you know, if Caroline does manage to sort of get all the way back to where she needs to be and, and ends up making that, you know, squad winning the Worlds, whatever it might be, then fair play to her because the sport in general has moved on massively since she was last in on, you know, a full-time basis and... But, you know, she's admitted she needs to do the work. And I think that's the first step for somebody who, who really wants to get it done to actually understand, right, I'm not where I used to be, but I know what I need to do now to get to where I want to be. And, uh, yeah, it'd be it, just watch, 
you know the rest of the World Cups and let's just see if that progression comes and you know with Caroline's work ethic I'm pretty sure it probably will. What do you think, James? Yeah, I was just kind of I was trying to think back to I didn't really get to see much of her racing, um, but it's crazy how far she's come. Like I mean, sounds like she was competitive already at these races and yeah. coming into it, no idea how she was going to do right. So what, I don't know how she end up both the days. A quarter semi maybe quarter semi I think yeah. Um, okay. I think she'll keep getting better. Yeah, might be a bit. I think she'll probably make the, some mains in Europe when the World Cup season goes there. She might even make one next weekend. Who knows? Um, but yeah. yeah, I think it's just it's hard to come back after such a long time off the sport, especially the Olympic year, because the level is just raised like exponentially up in even a few months coming into the Olympic year. You know, that's so hard. Yeah. To, that's so hard to do. So yeah, I don't. I I don't know if she'll get to the pace of the top girls this year at all, but she might. Who knows? I, I wouldn't be. I, think- su- I wouldn't be surprised if she did. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think getting back in the mix like she has been, I think that's the best way to do it. Like, you got to get back in fully in as much as you can. And now that she's hit it, she's got, those, she's got the nerves out of the way of being, having the first one back. I think it'll be easier for her to kind of find her old routine. I'm sure it was tough this weekend with the nerves. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know what her expectations were, but um, I can't imagine she was coming in thinking she was going to win. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like, the thing, the fact that she was in the mix and maybe close to making a main or, you know, I think that's, I think that's a good weekend. Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know, um, yeah. I think it's, it might probably not realistic to come in and think you're going to dominate and be on the podium. Like, I don't think it's realistic to think that. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to happen in modern day BMX, is it? No, no. I mean, I could, I could do it if I race this weekend, but... <laughs> <laughs> Like you did a few sprint sessions. Oh, can you, yeah. can you imagine if I just got in the gate? I would get fucking smoked. <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably be beside, be, be beside somebody. You have no clue who they are. And they just probably snap dog. And you're like, wait, wait who's that? <laughs> oh, I'd get, yeah, I'd get absolutely smoked. 100%. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, remember Sylvan was like, he used to be so good last week on the podcast. We almost got to change the drop. We almost do. He was being so nice. What did he say? You'd be in quarters at least. He's like, he's like, you'd be in quarters. He's like, uh, he said something like, "Don't underestimate yourself," or like, he said like, "Don't underestimate yourself," or like your experience, or like, uh, something like how fast you were, or something like something like that. We gotta change the sound drop. It's like, how can I say I hate the guy after he says something like that? <laughs> Just change the sound. Fuck, I love that guy. I mean, I don't agree with him because there's no chance I'd make a quarter, but I like, I like the, I like what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Because even the the 16ths are some of the hardest laps of the weekend. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's always stressful when you get in one of those laps and it's like somebody messed up their one before and it's like you already got, the let's say, the three fast guys in it and then you got like one killer just coming from the outside and you're like, God damn it. I know. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a fan of uh, Zoe Clayson. Is it Clayson or Clayson? I always say Clayson's. It could be Clayson though. So I had breakfast on Sunday with Simona... Uh, the UCI crew and Zoe was there. She seems like re- she seems like a really nice girl, and I like watching her ride. She's she's good. I think she's gonna be really good. Yeah, I've seen like I've seen a couple of her videos, and she's really skillful. She looks really smooth around the track. I think she's starting to develop a little more power now, and and she she's a great racer, I think too, and that's the big part. Yeah, yeah. I think her progression from the junior ranks has been quite steady. In the, it's, it's a good word for it. Yeah, yeah, it's quite steady, and she seems to be building at a, you know, a good pace. And I think you know maybe next year or, you know, possibly the year after, you, 
you, you'll probably see that she'll have a breakthrough ride and and then we'll be going, wow, we didn't, re you know, there it is. That's the result of all that work. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just really good to see a rider go from junior to elite and just to keep progressing. Yeah, I think it's, I think uh, she may be one of the girls on the years to come in the circuit. I think that's a yeah. fair call. Speaking I, of, speaking of, uh, oh, go ahead, James. I was just going to say, I think Dryden with the girls that she has too, like being part of the center, riding with uh, Simone and Saya, Saya, the other, uh, the Japanese girl, and uh, whoever else on the team there. I mean, I think it's great for her too. Like she's constantly having people push her and, like we talk about all the time, having that group of riders to constantly like, push the limits with, it's going to only help them all improve. Speaking of young girls coming up too, Molly Simpson, a Canadian national team. So I, I never really talked to her a whole lot before. She's really cool, and I watched her ride. She's really powerful, second-year junior. She could win the world this year. I think she's going to be really good on the circuit too. Do you see her ride at all, Rich? Um, yeah, um, I can't honestly say I took a huge amount of notice. She's, really, she's good. Yeah, 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 she's really good. What do you think, James? I think I think she's got some good speed. Yeah, she's got some good like uh, gait and hill speed when she puts it together. Um, and what's what I really like the most is she's really keen on learning and trying to get faster. And she wants to be at that level so bad that I, I think I've told her I was like that's almost like a, a blessing and a curse that you want it that bad because at times it seems like you make a mistake and it's the end of the world. But that's what's going to make you even better for the next one. Yeah, she's she's going to be good, no doubt. That's what I was like. That's what I was always like yeah. racing. <laughs> Made a mistake and it was like I'd beat myself up. Yeah, it's like you just want to be in the top so bad and get there so fast, but it's like it takes a while sometimes to process. Yeah, it's a it's a double edged story because it's like you're such a like those kinds of people are such high achieving people, but then you could be overly hard on yourself. Yeah, yeah, um, straight up. But now I'm a Molly fan. I think she's I think she's gonna be really good. She's got really good potential. She's really strong. She's in great shape. Good skills in the bike. Aggressive. I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah, something to look out for for the future. That's for yep. that's for sure. Um, Axel too. Axel Atien going really fast. Yeah, how about the two of the French girls there, Axel and Manon? Yeah. I randomly just, I think it was a quarter semi, but I just saw them like basically whole shotting together, and I was like, whoa, they are, they're moving. No, they're going good. They're going really good. Like Manon got a you know, podium second day. Yeah, podium the second yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Axel, yeah, like she's she can win any time. I feel like. Mm -hmm. Has she won a World Cup? No, she hasn't. No, has I don't she? think so. I think that's coming. Yeah. Yeah, I think she she definitely become because she's always been somebody with a lot of speed and maybe I think she's dealt with a lot of injuries in her career here. But man, she was hauling ass down that first tray a few times. Dude, incredibly powerful. Yeah. Yeah, she's incredibly powerful. I think yeah, she can whole shot any any lap. I think. Yeah, no, you wouldn't be surprised. She's probably one of I would think probably one of the most, like strongest girls out there. Oh, 100%. 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, Rich, you also had Rebecca Petch on here. Yeah, Rebecca put some really good laps in on uh, on the weekend. Um, saw her out front a couple of times and you know, New Zealand getting back in the game because they've had their uh, the troubles and things like that and uh, just on the subject of New Zealand as well, I had a, a nice chat with Sarah Walker. She rode well this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah she rode really well, yeah. What I didn't realize was the fact that it's only now she's actually got an eight meter hill to train on. <laughs> so they've got an eight meter hill in Rotorua, and that's the I think the first one they've had in New Zealand, and that's in all all her Supercross career. Even after winning, you know, an Olympic medal in London, it's the first time they've actually had a full size hill to train on. What the hell's going on with New Zealand BMX? Uh, I, I like don't know. I don't understand. They had such good guys, and then the program went, you know, belly up, and then. 
Like, what's going on with New Zealand? Yeah. Mm. Like, seriously. It seems after 2016, yeah, their whole program just, they lost the BMX pro, like, part of their program. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know why, because, I mean, I thought they were doing a really good job. I mean, Sarah was still out there getting results, and Trent was out there getting results, too. And even now, do you have riders like Michael Bias? I mean, low-key, that guy is extremely skillful on the bike, and he's getting results for them as well. Yeah, like, Trent was almost made the Olympic final. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy to hear from her, like, like how they, they never had a Supercross hill to train on. And it just goes, like, back in the day, like, it was just so uncommon to have those hills. And probably it was nothing, she never thought anything of it back then. But nowadays, I mean, kids are riding Supercross hills when they're 12 years old. So it's, I can imagine it would be tough. Yeah, I mean, back in my day, we used to just show up at the <laughs> race and do it. Back in your day, when you had to learn the track, to, like, for the first time during official practice not like you have all week to learn it so that's like we were talking about that like what after racing me you adam and national team or whatever we were talking about that it's like i remember even a few years ago you had to learn the track and practice that hour and 25 minutes nowadays it's a joke everyone's just messing around talking laughing hardly even riding and it's like a day off basically and before you seriously you had to ride your balls off for an hour and a half and you were breathing like I was legitimately tired after one of those practices because you had to ride so hard to learn the track. Yeah. yeah. You actually had to learn how to race the track in a practice day instead of, you know, just spending three hours during the week on one night doing one straightaway, three hours doing the next straightaway. Like, it's so much different the sport was back then, hey? 100%. Way different. Yeah. Do you remember that, Rich? No. Me? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, talk anything else, boys? We want to wrap up about last weekend? Um, I think it was just nice to go somewhere else. I think that that was the main thing to go to a different venue. I know I mentioned that earlier on, but it is again, it is something that was quite good. And you know, we're into Olympic qualification year, and things are going to get very, very interesting. So I had an absolutely fantastic time. The only downside was me blowing my back out. But other than that, it was. <laughs> Dude, how good is Australian coffee too? Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, that place we've been into today in Bondi, I'll 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 give them a shout yeah. out as well. Will and Co on Bondi Beach, just brilliant. The one of the best coffee shops I think I've ever been in. Also, the coffee and we the had coffee in, was amazing. Also, the coffee we had in Shepparton was good too. Yeah, it wasn't it, James? Yeah, it was great. I mean, Australia is great for their coffee. Everywhere I've been, they've had good coffee. Yeah, me and Rich are going to try a couple of new ones tomorrow too. It's going to be beautiful. I like a new spot every day. That's what I like. We're going to Sydney. Tuan might join us. He might not. We'll see. Yeah, I, I saw him on the track today. we got to talk about practice today quickly, but uh, I saw him on the track. I was talking to him. He said he didn't make it yesterday. Yeah. Is he? Did he say if he's coming today or tomorrow, I mean? Uh, I think he said he was going to come tomorrow, um, but he also told me he had to get his stitches out tomorrow, so I'm not sure what that whole situation is. Oh, over under he comes. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking no. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope he does. Yeah, if he turns up, great. And if he doesn't, and he's doing other things, then he's doing other things. He's gonna miss out because let me tell you, Sydney and Bondi Beach is a lot cooler than Bathurst. I haven't yeah. been there, but I'm just yeah, I'm just guessing. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're guessing right. Yeah, I think I'm guessing right too. Um, oh, side note: we're claiming that Shepparton is the uh, the new Santiago del Estero. Yeah, there was that claim this past weekend, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's sticking. Might have been said by me. <laughs> Yeah, and it might, might stick. I think it's gonna stick. Middle of nowhere, Australia. You had to drive. You had to fly a long way. Drive a couple hours. Sound yeah. familiar? Yeah. It's a ball to get to, but it's worth it when you get there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Cool. Anything else? 
I have to give you guys a good laugh. We are, we're at the track for the Tuesday practice for the World Cup this weekend. Yeah. And uh, we started riding, and like within like 15 minutes of practice started, the wind just started to blow in at the track. Like it was fully gust, like it was gusting pretty good, good side wind. Um, nobody did the second straight really. I think Michael Bias randomly just hit it once or twice. And then so many people were on the Supercross Hill doing gates, and we were just all pulling brakes for the first jump. It was it was blowing. It was pretty entertaining. Why am I not even surprised a little bit? Yeah, you right. Like. <laughs> Of course, we go to ride the Supercross track and it's windy. Of course. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a Supercross track in the world that doesn't have that except Manchester. It's the only place. Yeah. Can I just ask as well, James, in terms of the actual track, where is it in relation to the motor racing circuit? Um, hard to explain. I would say over, I consider just over one of the hillsides. Um, All right. But it's relatively close. Like, on the way back from the track into town, we just took a quick little five-minute detour. And you can go see the track. It's pretty close. How oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're on to Bathurst. We are. It's about time to, to move on from Shepparton and look ahead to Bathurst, as they say. Yep. <laughs> we're on to Bathurst. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Yep. See you next week. Thanks, guys.